0: You don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. <laughs> what? Yankee, A America. Well, IoT means the Internet of Things. This is an idea and concept that's been around since the early 1980s, although the phrase itself was developed in 1999. but The first time we really saw smart home security devices, smart devices, appliances, all those type of things was in 1990 with the first smart toaster that got connected to Wi-Fi, and then it developed on from there. Some of you are old enough to remember this. Some of you were young enough not even realize is that's a lifetime ago and that it goes way beyond just home security and what we're calling convenience. Spoiler alert, when it comes to the security side of this, they're not secure in any way, shape, or form. They're actually designed to not be secure to collect your information. I get asked about this a lot on specific devices. We're gonna cover the whole infrastructure a little bit here and go over kind of the history of it and what you can do to help yourself, which basically not own any of this stuff, but you probably do. We'll look at some things we can do and things that are just unavoidable. In fact, Every time I record a show, I have to deal with this on the new software for my computer, and it pisses me off. So, IoT, Internet of Things. What is it? What's security like and not like? And uh, where's the future going to go with this? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Greenman, hiding In Plain Sight. You know the way I see this going down I don't know what really happened but boy this is the way I see it back in the day bad haircuts and before tie-dye and we all wore parachute pants <laughs> look those up if you don't know what they are you know big hair and hairspray and all this I can see people in a room talking about imagine if we could develop a product a service and a software that we could put into almost anything that plugs into a wall it'd be completely legal you wouldn't be doing anything we would get into some gray areas that eventually some laws will cover but there will always be a way around we'll always find a way around it to where you can cut your marketing budget down significantly if you want to don't have to and drastically increase your profits all because your customer will literally tell you everything they want everything they see everything they like and don't like they'll let you listen to their conversations read their emails and do all this kind of stuff see the activity You'll be able to monitor, not just by plugging in a computer, but remotely how often they're using things in winds. You can forecast maintenance, you can tell them what they need and make them buy them early and to ensure products keep moving, things come off the shelf. I imagine it actually went down something like that, at least part of it, probably well-intentioned initially. But no, these things are not secure by any means. So yeah, a toaster is how it started. Um, it was initially focused on industrial commercial applications. And then it got expanded to consumer products, which is where we really hear about and where they really make their money using what we call smart home devices, but also your connected vehicles, your wearables. They're basically the infrastructure is physical items of sensors and actuators, hardware, data processing units, different types of interfaces that are connected through Bluetooth, Wi-Fi and cellular networks so that data can transmit and then be managed remotely sometimes even by the people who made it, depending on what the service is. Some people want this stuff, and I understand it. It should understand the security about it, what's really happening. Are they bad? I would say they're not going away, (laughs) but there's things we should understand about them. Part of the pros of the way this is sold to us is under the idea of efficiency and automation. So it allows for automation in industries, but also in our homes, leading to increased efficiency. That can be argued in industry, but my personal opinion is, I think on the surface, I think it's a cool idea that, because I understand the few seconds of annoyance, but you pull into your house and because you're physically there with your phone or your car or whatever, your system recognizes you and then shuts off your security system and even maybe opens a garage door, unlocks the house for you. That seems cool, but I'm not sure I'd be saving enough minutes every year to changed my life to call it efficiency and how am I using those minutes I mean if, if you got stuff like this are those are you somebody whose time is that valuable or are you using it more to eat fat pills and sit on the couch and drink beer so I mean what, you, what are you doing with those few minutes you're saving a year I think the idea of increased efficiency in our personal lives I think this is really increased laziness that's just me I'm Not trying to offend anybody here and I honestly don't care if I do I think that's really what it is some of the things that it does and they, they clearly make this not only known at least in the consumer user agreements but a lot of it just flat out publicly is that they collect data for analysis. And so can aid in decision making and predictive maintenance, like telling you when things need to be done. Part of what this happens now is like, this car my mom has, which is not connected to the internet, although it has the capability, so there is some stuff probably being transmitted because of how IoT works, is they'll send her emails doing predictive maintenance and tell her that she needs oil changes. I finally recently, when I was there this summer, went through it with her, looked at all the times she's done this and the mileage on her car, and it's like, she, she's had four times the amount of oil changes. That, or what the manufacturer even recommends and she finally got to talk to a mechanic when she took somebody else in They're like yeah you're doing this way too much you only need to do it this often and I was like yeah it's part of the system it's predictive maintenance you're basically going in because a computer's telling you you need to do it they're telling you yeah you need to do it but it's not true and then you're spending this money helping them make money this is part of the way the system's designed part of it is the convenience but the convenience is just laziness I don't I don't think it really is that convenient at all there are security risks They will say that, like any system, they're vulnerable to hacking and cyber attacks. They're not just vulnerable, like it's rampant. There is no robust security on these systems at all, and they are lacking and way behind in security compared to any other device, even the computers in your house, and that is by design. The privacy concerns over collections and handling of personal data is realistic, and these we'll talk more later about a couple of things that have happened. And one of the things people consider a con is that it's reliance on Internet connectivity and power supply. Well, yeah, it is reliant on those, but the devices already require power anyway, so that's kind of a dumb con. And yes, they're relied on internet connectivity, but that's so they can transmit that data. They actually can get devices that work fine without internet connectivity. So one of the things to look at is that because of their security and the way they're designed, they are targets for cyber attacks, or I call them bait in some reasons, or some, some situations. One of the things... I read about it. I was reading some of this stuff because you got to remember, here's why you should listen to me on this and and follow me on this too because I'm going to be up front with you. I'm not an expert in this area. I, I don't. I think when it comes to cyber anything, especially security, based on how I described levels of knowledge in a previous podcast that I'm probably a novice. I don't even think I'm an amateur. Yes, there's things I know about or have understandings about that I was exposed to, but I'm no expert in that. But looking at my background and telling you that some of the stuff's real and clicking the information is worth listening to, especially somebody who's only learned this little bit and can still relay this information that I've found just doing some internet searches, looking for examples. So like one of the examples was so-called cyber attacks, but wasn't an attack somebody discovered. And I think there was a hacker guy. There's several of these guys that are hackers that put information out about this stuff, talking about how he had one of these vacuums, like a like a Roomba. I don't think it was that one, but it was... The robot vacuum and it had bluetooth on it and being a computer security expert he was like there is literally no reason for me to have a bluetooth on this there's no reason for it to exist it didn't even have an app to control it or to do anything it was wirelessly connected to the internet but it had bluetooth so he took the thing physically apart and started researching the components and found out almost all of them come from China and some of them are in other devices known to collect that information and send it back to China China's not the only nation doing that this isn't it about China American companies are doing it too but there was no reason for it and he got rid of the vacuum there are things like that that exist that appear to have a purpose that don't and when they tell you what those items do they're not being truthful with you they're only giving you part of what they do if that part is even true and another thing that happened was there's was a thing called the Mirai botnet attack in 2016 it's pronounced M-I-R-A-I if you want to look it up I'm just assuming how it sounds so what it was it was some sort of malware attack and what they would do is they would go after devices. And these are like like those vacuums, the refrigerators, different devices like this, televisions. And they would just submit all types of combinations for random passwords. And when they got a hit, a bot in the background that was waiting that already had program commands on what to do would enter into the system and do things. And it's these inadequate security measures that are the vulnerability, but there's also a lack of standardization in security and protocols for these systems. Part of understanding what that that Mariah attack was doing was actually mimicking a weakness that exists in these systems already. W- ways they work, and, and I'll, the example is, <laughs> this is another thing I hate. My mom had um, really, really old, really old, out of date hardware for her internet. It wasn't even, It was so old. It wasn't working well. Couldn't update. Causing problems. We needed new routers and all this stuff. So I went and got the best stuff we could get. That was for what we could do as secure as possible. And uh, there's cool things you can do with it. One of the things that I could never even found researching it. I didn't find anything on it. I specifically looked for this. It wasn't in the user manuals, nowhere in there, but one of the things it does is super. I don't like, but here's what happens. So we set up this internet system and we put some devices on there. I put her phone and her computer and her television so it can update, which don't even want to talk about those. We will though. And I think like my phone or something. So I had a family member come over and she wanted to get in the system, so I was t- going to tell her what the password was. But the second she clicked on it to go in, it should have popped up and said, like most situations, you know, enter a password, but the way the infrastructure was designed is it popped up on my phone and said, is this a trusted device? Now, if you've ever seen anything like that, you need to understand that when something's logging in, there's a difference between allowing access through a login and a trusted device. A trusted device will have background access to everything. Whereas logging in just gives you access to that specific piece of information. This is why these the botnet was so successful is it mimicked this idea. So imagine not that attack, but a person in whatever situation you say, yes, this is now a trusted device. They can now have access, if they know what they're doing, to walk through that door and get into your, your devices. And you're like, well, what do I care? Well, I mean, there's little things you know, they could, if they were a real jerk, they could mess with your fridge and spoil your food. Or, you know, if you have a thermostat, they could change the temperatures while you're gone and, you know, spend months or years increasing your bills because they're changing heating and cooling when nobody's home, which a guy did who got divorced when the nest system came out and they developed the first white type enabled thermostat system because wife took the dog. So he took her money. I don't know if he ever got caught. Probably, maybe not. But it, but it has these abilities, and so why is that important to you? Because that, if they have the ability to do that, then they very likely have the ability to go in further to get into your system to mess with your computers, to mess with your hardware, your servers, whatever it is. This is one of the things that big companies spend a lot of money on security and infrastructure for and pay people to be there full-time to deal with that you don't have in your home. So one of the things I want to warn you on is if you have a system like that and it says, is this a trusted device, I would say no. I would say allow it to log in. Now, there's things that are a middle ground on that that are kind of more secure than just logging in kind of less secure. And that's one of the things Apple do is where you'll have, let's say you have an iPhone and an iPad, and either you haven't logged in on one in a while or you're logging into an Internet system you already have a shared password to that you've been on many times, maybe even your own. And so you log in with your iPad and then a thing pops up on your iPhone and says, oh, there's an attempted login on your iPad near this town. Will you allow it? The system's designed, you have to hit allow to make that happen. I would consider that generally okay if it's something you've used before and a system you've used before. But it does allow a little bit of the idea of the trusted device. It doesn't give you the fallback of just having the login, it will do it with anybody else's devices, but within your connected ones. And part of the problem with that is now all your devices are connected. They're trusted not only in the system, but amongst themselves, and that's part of the vulnerability that they have. Now, things, other things we can do. If you have these devices, you want to keep them for whatever your reason is. One thing that will help is keeping the firmware and software updated, especially firmware if it has it. If you have a device that you know can be connected to the Internet, you don't connect to the Internet, that can get firmware updates... I would caution you on updating it if it's working properly. If it's working and there's not an issue, just ignore it. If it starts having issues and it's not like falling apart old, you can go ahead and connect it and try to get your firmware update. That'll probably make a difference. But part of the issues with firmware and software updates is what else is packed in there that even like Apple's gone to court for. Like I have Apple products and there's things about their ecosystem I like, but I hate the company. I, I can't even tell you how much I hate them, and a lot of it has to do with their indirect support of terrorism. <laughs> that really bothers me. But their security, pricing structures, there's things they do that really, really irritate me. One of those things though that they've done and been known to do that they've kinda got away with with batteries for sure, because they're gonna die. But if you have an old enough device, especially a phone, eventually they'll quit updating the software. They'll say, we're just not gonna support that device because it's sold anymore. Nothing wrong with the device, that's their way of getting you to buy new stuff. And then that's part of the reason why why they put more robust batteries in that would say give you more battery life right now the lifespan of the battery no matter how you use it is not going to last you're kind of forced in that position i hate that i think that's shady i don't think it's necessarily illegal but stuff they've done and still do to some degrees is to start to put things into security updates where it affects that ability of that operating system to work like and at this point it's not as easy as it used to be where you could just go in and back up Remove and go back to a previous system, and I don't mean like an update. Like right now, they're on the 17 series, and they're going to have 17. Point this, point that. I mean, like going back to 16. It used to be you could just go in and do that, but now there's a hoops I want you to jump through. And so, like my phone, which let's be honest, I need a new phone anyway and some new burners. But the phone I have now is would be considered old, based on how cell phones worked for years. It's not old, but it would be considered old. And its functionality completely changed the second I updated to the 17 series. And I have to jump through all these hoops to get back to 16. I'm not even sure I can pull it off. The second I go back to 16, it's going to work for a long time. But being in 17, part of what's designed in there is to affect its ability to get you to buy more products. It's a very similar idea to like my mom being told that she needs to get oil changes or you being told you need to reorder this or reorder that or any of these systems that exist there. You know, it's like Amazon has a reordering feature that I like. I like that it gives me emails a week ahead of time. One of these days, though, I think they're going to stop doing that and just start shipping me crap I don't want. And I'm going to have to go through the hassle of returning it. I think if they do that, they'll regret it because they'll start losing money because they'll either let people keep things or pay for that shipping. But they're eventually going to try that. Something else we can look at is complex passwords and change them regularly. You can look up and read stuff about how many digits you need to be in there but they do need to be the mix of uppercase lowercase numbers and symbols and i don't remember the general rule is 12 or 15 characters but you can look that up you definitely want a long one you want to try to avoid certain patterns or create your own patterns so they can't be determined easily but changing them regularly there's government systems that i have access to as a retiree where every year they want me to change or every six months they want me to change the password full well knowing i don't get in there that much I totally recommend changing them more often. I've had I've had this uh, internet system here, Starlink, for, I don't know, 90 days. I think I've already changed the password three times. I don't have a plan to change it once a month, but a situation arose where, I should talk about this on another show, but the part of it that mattered was being in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. And there was an emergency situation where we needed to have access to communication and information, and I had Starlink. I set it up took a guy's phone and gave him access, proper access to my system for communication to find his kids. When this was over, the whole thing got reset and re-secured <laughs> re- for my safety. So, something to consider is changing that password rate. I, I would, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with once a month, I, I think it's a good idea, but at least every two or three months. Or every time you have a lot of new people over with access to it, you don't typically wanna have access. Another thing is having your Wi-Fi network secure. Learn a little bit about Wi-Fi network protocols and security and the levels of security as well as not just the speeds. And if you have really old stuff or it's been 10 years, have and if you if you don't totally understand that, find somebody younger that does. and Have them look into it and be like, hey, I've had this for 10 years. It works great, but I want to know is it built to have the most updated security that can or is this easily accessible? And they may be able to find that out. The thing is, a lot of times it has to do with things like routers and stuff, and the technology on that's advanced, and they're a lot cheaper now. It's not much different than, you know, LED TVs are common everywhere. You can get cheap LED t- TVs of good size for f- four or five hundred bucks now, whereas when they first were coming out, a fifty-inch twenty-five hundred dollars TV was a good on-sale price at Christmas. So these these things have changed quite a bit other things that can be done are done by manufacturers like they could do better at incorporating security in the design phase of these products they could provide more timely updates and vulnerabilities they could standardize this stuff they could provide user education to inform you about best security practices they could do a lot of these things but they don't what does the future really hold for this well Eventually, what we're going to start seeing more of is integrating it with AI and machine learning technology for smart devices. We're already seeing some of that with developments like ChatGPT. I think Twitter's trying to do their own, which is, considering what Twitter has become, I'm really shocked at the results with what they're calling Grok or whatever. It's stupid. Apple's working on their own. It'll, like most new things, probably have a lot of major hiccups, but it'll probably eventually be really cool. ChatGPT, I think I mentioned that's out there. And there's other other systems and eventually that's going to get integrated in however they're going to try to work that out more of it'll be integrated to 5g connectivity because of that network and how large it is and make things faster and i think as far as speed and access people that are closer to 5g networks or in cities are going to see that increase the real issue isn't that i don't think the benefits of it aren't enough to matter i think some of the benefits are really cool it's the security features of it this is part of the reason why in the past when i've talked about security system and mentioned things like green cameras as an example although they're not the only ones so that a hardwired security system is best for you for safety and security. Yes, there's robust wireless ones out there and Bluetooth ones that you can have access to, but I also I think you're doing is providing more. It's like, I'm not saying you need to live in a concrete box of a house that nobody can break a window in because you don't have windows, but the more windows you build, eventually the more problems you're going to have, the more heating and cooling losses you're going to have because you start, you go from a concrete box to basically a greenhouse. We don't want to live in IR one of those. We want something a little more pleasurable in the middle. And I'm saying find that, find that security feature that's in there, you know, get some of those benefits, those windows, but make sure we have strong, robust walls where we need them to protect ourselves. Some of the security focuses will probably change in the future. The question will be when they increase security, will it be on par with the developments of threats, hackers, cyber attacks? Or even if they choose to parse it out and say, we have this level of security. They would never say this, but I'd like to see them say it or, or be like, we have this level of security to protect this much stuff. As a company, we don't see that's necessary because we want this information. But we're going to stop it from all these foreign things that are being known to be used for collection of intelligence. That's one possibility. Some of the things that have been learned, too. that you, Some people think this is conspiracy, but you can find the studies out there in the hackers that are now professionals that have done this. When they first had smart TVs and they had the cameras on them, part of the reason this became a big deal in the news was because some guys that were testing it out and found out that if the, a lot of these devices now, if they have audio recognition where they can recognize your voice, if you were not using it, you need to go into your settings and turn that off. It'll usually be under something that says Bluetooth or smart features because those things are always on, even if they're turned off, which means if they're, I mean, not if they're turned off, if they're turned on, they're always working even if you're not using the feature. It recognizes and catalogs and documents. Voice information and then uses it yeah it can be used for viewing vulnerabilities yes they can know all that other stuff of course they can be used if legal ever gets involved for certain reasons but it's also used for marketing and advertising It's part of the reason why people have that stuff and they go well I'm getting all these ads now from Amazon but I didn't look at that on the computer or send an email so I don't know why like my thought is did you say it in your house and you got a smart device with a camera did your computer seen it could your TV seen it could you have been using uh, phone and texting about it I mean there was a guy on a show Oh, it was eric prince talking about it he's a former navy seal he was on sean ryan show and he was talking about how him and his wife got in a fight on text it was a pretty good one and he said she started getting like emails and pop-ups or whatever about divorce lawyers and stuff like that and it, the only way it would have came is from that like she wasn't looking the stuff up it, it started coming almost immediately that stuff is very real that's why like I have an email somewhere. If I find it, I'll, I'll read it to you one day. I wasn't going to do it. Cause it sounds like it's, I'm tooting my own horn. I actually think some people might think it's made up, but somebody has been following me for a while. Went over a list of things that I predicted in my level of accuracy. The one I'm going to mention to you, Luke actually mentioned to me, like I was on a show with Luke years ago on YouTube and it was years later that he mentioned to me, like it clicked. He remembered this, but we were having this conversation. And it was part of the time period of these things with the TVs and you know, all this kind of stuff and figuring out, What really was and wasn't working, and I was explaining to him that it wouldn't be long before two things were going to happen. One for sure, one probably. I was like, "You guys here, or other people, will probably start buying devices and willfully put them in your home. It's going to record your information, document it, send it back to corporations and companies, if not law enforcement. That'll be used against you, at least for marketing, advertising, you to buy things." They're like, "No, no, no, that won't happen." And then, and this was a lot more in depth. And I was like, "There's devices you already have, things you already own." where this is going to be offered to you as an option and eventually it's going to be forced upon you and it's just going to happen. You're not even going to realize it or you're just going to accept it and it's going to be there and it's going to collect your data. It's going to collect your information. It's going to record what you're saying and doing and sending it off, even if you don't want it to. And then eventually they'll add features on there that say, if you don't use this in certain applications and settings, we're not going to allow you to let other things work at all. And then what happened? It was a little over a few months later we started hearing the rumblings of products that actually came out a few months later called Siri and Alexa. And then the associated devices with them. Now, being an iPhone user, I can tell you that there's apps on there that are either to use like say find, you know, like Gas Buddy, for example, or apps with maps and such, that if I don't have Siri on, they just won't work. They there's no reason for Siri to be on for me to have access to that information. And they designed some of the apps. So that even if they're, say, GPS-related for map use, that they have to go through Internet access on your data and not through your GPS signal because they want to know where you are and they want to track that information for their benefit. That's why those things are on there and why they exist. That's part of the reason why I have a separate, complete, different GPS system that I use that relies solely on GPS signal that's far more accurate than these other ones. Part of that design is there. And that was years ago that I brought that up. So this stuff is very, very real. So take a look at your stuff. Check for security. If it has voice features or microphone on it and you're not using it, shut it off. You know, this is part of the reason why, like, what was it, the, the dot, the echo, one of those things. You had to do, like, all these statements like 25 times or something. It's so it could build a catalog and start figuring out how to do voice recognitions, what's yours, so it could accurately collect all that information. You know, it's, that stuff's very real, it's not conspiracy. That type of stuff exists, that's how that stuff works. You should just be aware of it and take proper security measures.